from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, host, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour, massively successful podcast, and the ever-popular, brand-new, exploding George Camel YouTube uh, station. I don't really call that a show. Yeah, I mean, you, you could Page. call it a show. It's, it's a all show. squishy in the YouTube world now, but now we're on Spotify, too. You can watch us on Spotify with their new Spotify video platform. Well, there you go. So we're no longer just a YouTube channel. Is this show on Spotify yeah. video, too? Yeah. Oh, hi, guys. I think so. Oh, just no, mine not is. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're oh. working on it with Randy Hello show. in the future. Okay. I got there first, Dave, as I tend to do. You're a cutting edge. Setting the trends. Cutting edge. Just like a razor. Just right on the edge. We're going to get you in skinny jeans next. More of a guinea pig than cutting edge. But if okay. you were to put me a guinea pig. Hashtag hurtful. <laughs> hurt people, hurt people, James. <laughs> His third grade teacher was mean to him. But yeah, the, um, wow. It, he was homeschooled, so it'd be his Ooh. mom. <laughs> Mrs. Childs, I'm a, she watches the show, so I know she just saw that burn happen live. <laughs> oh, ouch. All right, Julia's with us in Dallas. Hi, Julia, how are you? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure, what's um, up? Well, I'm retired, and I do not have a long-term care plan, and everyone says you've got to have one. Mm -hmm. So I've been talking to several people and trying to find what's the best, Mm -hmm. and I present it with a couple of them. And the one that sounds good, but it may be too good to be true, is um, what they're calling Asset Flex. It's a fixed premium universal life insurance. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's horrible. Horrible. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I just cut to the chase here. Yeah. No, okay. all, all you're doing is prepaying everything. That's all you're doing. How old are you? I'm almost 70. Okay. Um, so I'm really late into the game. Okay. And, and are you in other, good health? Are you in good health? I'm in good health. What yes. What is your uh, What's your nest egg look like? Um, about 700,000. Okay. And uh, are you married? No. Okay. And no children. Okay. Uh, the likelihood of you, if you were to self-insure at this stage, of you burning through your 700000 is almost zero. The average nursing home stay is two and a half years in America, okay? And the older you are, the more that average drops for obvious reasons, okay? So that includes from 60 years old on. So 70-year-old is probably less than two and a half uh, time, year average on average. Now, average nursing homes about... Uh, anywhere from fifty to one hundred k a year, so let's call this two hundred fifty thousand dollars is the average nursing home stay. If you buy a long term care policy, it won't cover but three or four years. Right. Okay. And so, you know, the the three or four years it's covering is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't want you to lose two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but you worked your whole life. You got seven hundred thousand dollars. Way to go! You got a paid for house too. Yes. So you're you're a millionaire then, I bet, right? Am I? <laughs> I don't know. What's your house worth? Um, about two hundred thousand. Okay, and you got seven hundred in the in the nest egg, so that's nine hundred. So you're pretty close. If you're not a millionaire, you're very close to being one. All right. Okay. A million dollar net worth, and so um, I, if I were in your shoes, and I'm talking to you, you're, you're telling me you're healthy. I'm going to self insure mm-hmm. through this. I'm not buying one of these products. I like long term care insurance. If you told me you had three hundred thousand dollars in total nest egg. Um, I'd tell you to, let's talk about how to get long-term care insurance, but at your age, it's going to be expensive. 
And that's what mm-hmm. you're running into. You're running into seven, $8,000 a year premiums, aren't you? Well, the, the, the universal plan. No, no, not that one. A year. That one's not got that a bunch one. of other costs built into it. Okay. Well, the other one that I was presented with was an indemnity, which um, had a home care plan, which was running at like 2000 a year and a um, nursing home with an assistant living for about 1300 mm-hmm. And I could do one or both of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that that's still that that's a bare bones policy. That's the other end of the spectrum. So uh-huh. here's the thing: what you'll probably find, and and I don't know how you'll pull this off in your exact situation, but uh, I, I'm I'm getting ready to turn 63. Sharon and I will self insure through our nursing home type needs because if something happens to Sharon with the amount of money that we have, 100 percent chance I'm going to do in home care and hire somebody full-time to live in our house. Mm-hmm. I can afford it. And it's actually cheaper probably than a nursing home anyway and a higher quality yeah. care. And if I have to hire two and a butler, I will. <laughs> it's still going to, I'm still going to, I still got the money, right? And I'm still okay. Right. It's one of the reasons right. I work is for quality of life. And so I'm going to take care of Sharon. She's going to take care of me. And I don't have to be there personally doing every little thing. Like, uh, like if, if, you know, if someone's got, advanced dementia or something and you need you know serious care i can bring in serious care into my home it's not that big a deal i mean we, we can buy a bed that elevates i mean it's not that big a thing you, you know there's stuff when you start talking about writing checks that are a hundred thousand dollars a year quickly you can start hiring a bunch of people right yes so i this is this is our plan we're self-insuring through it now i will tell you again i'm a huge believer once you're 60 years old in spending three or four thousand dollars a year for someone that has a nest egg of under a half million dollars and having and and just buying a straight long-term care policy we believe in long-term care insurance but once you've got a million dollar net worth or greater and it's enough of it's liquid to do in-home care the ramses will be doing in-home care and my net worth is certainly larger than that, but um, not to brag. But the point is, it's not a thing. I mean, I spend more than that on a dadgum car, you know. So, I mean, it's just. Yeah, the point is, would it bankrupt you to have to cover the side of your own pocket? Well, what happens in a typical scenario is, let's say mom and dad have $300,000 saved, okay? And uh, typically, the normal scenario statistically is Papa goes into the nursing home and it stays there two and a half years and burns the cracks and scrambles the nest egg burns the 300 grand up and dies mama's left no money and probably retired unable to work and mad at the nursing home but they didn't do anything wrong all they did was provide a service and you paid them for it they didn't do anything wrong nursing nursing homes aren't crooks they do a fine most of them do a fine job uh so but in that case 75 percent of you ladies will outlive your husbands statistically i don't know exactly what all that means but that's the actual number uh, we could have a lot of fun jokes with that. But anyway, Sharon has our full estate plan uh, based on me predeceasing her. I'll just tell I you that. I think Sharon's going to outlive me at this point. I'm, I'm thinking I have to sleep with one eye open with this woman. But, yeah, the because um, she could off me and have a really good life. But the uh, – uh, so <laughs> – but the uh, uh, if you – if ladies, if your husband outlives you and he burns through the nest egg in the nursing home bill because you only had 300 grand saved and you use all that – then you definitely that's where you need long-term care insurance big time you can't it, handle that risk if you're in poverty level you get welfare medicaid nursing home okay if you're in poverty and if you're wealthy you can provide it for yourself 
with self-insured. But that middle ground, baby, you need long-term care insurance once you're 60 years old. And statistically, it's less than one quarter of 1% of the people under 60 go into a nursing home. That's nobody. So don't buy this stuff until you're 60. You don't need it. It's, it's not there. The chances aren't there. So we love long-term care insurance in, the, in that particular window. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. George Camel Ramsey, personality, host of the George Camel YouTube show and co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour with Rachel Cruz. Both very popular Ramsey Network productions. Be sure and check them out on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever else you view or listen to great podcasts and shows. We're pretty much everywhere. We're uh, medium agnostic. We go with everybody. Wherever they'll take us, you we'll can, show up. You can find us there. Yep, wherever they'll take us. That's about right. So, adjustable rate mortgages making a comeback, according to Experian.com. Yeah, so I did this video on my YouTube channel about a week ago, and for some reason it just blew up, and people are very interested in this idea with mortgage interest rates being super high right now. And uh, we ha- showed a stat there. In the very beginning, at you know January of 2022, it was like three percent. By May of 2022, it was ten percent. So we've been seeing the spike in adjustable rate mortgages, and I want to get your take 10%. on ten percent. Uh, How many mortgage rates are ten percent? Well, no, the actual the amount of people doing them. Oh, three percent. The amount of, the of mortgages. people doing adjustable rate mortgages has gone way up. Yes. I got you. Okay. Yeah, not the interest rate itself. Okay. So I wanted to cover this, and I just watched your real estate lesson, Financial Peace University, where you cover a lot of these mortgage traps. But a lot of people are going, this might be my ticket to home ownership, Dave. And this article unpacks what's going on here. It's your ticket to foreclosure. Yeah. Arms have started to recover more from more than a decade of disinterest from both consumers and lenders. They're returning to the fold amid a sharp increase in home prices and fixed mortgage rates that began in early 2022. As the housing market begins to thaw from a year of depressed demand, more potential sellers begin to list their homes. Could arms help more prospective buyers get a foot in the door of their first home? Wait a minute. You understand, this, this passive-aggressive question statement here is on Experian. Which is a... Com. This would be the credit, credit bureau. bureau. Yeah. Who, what, is, what is their vested interest in this? <laughs> Getting you in debt and keeping you in debt because you're all worried about their FICO score. Hello. They'll make money if you get a mortgage and they have to run the score. This is a uh, money-making scheme for them. A, yeah, we love debt, and so we're experienced, and we're going to passively, aggressively ask, is this a way for people to get their foot in the door? That sounded very soft. Sounded like a suggestion to me. 
Sounded like a conspiracy to me. Oh, they have a new stat in here, Dave. The share uh, increased from 3%. It was for much of the decade to as high as 13% by October of the mortgages. Of the mortgage origination. That are going out there. 3% used to be adjusted. So 97% were not doing adjustables, and now 87% are not doing And it's down as of April 2023. They say it's now 8% of all new mortgages. Yeah, thank God. It's taking a dip. So do we need to talk about this? Well, I want you to just share why they're a bad idea, because people don't understand, and there's a funny clip from the office with Michael Scott falling for one of these, and he's like, well, no, it's a 30, and she's like, no, it's 10 over, and so I wanted you just to run the analysis on who is this for, why are people doing this, why should they stay away? Okay, um, we'll get real technical to help you, but before we do that, let's just say this, all right? If you buy a mortgage that adjusts, in an increasing interest rate environment, what are you expecting it to adjust to? Up. Well, that's dumber than a rock on the surface. Interest rates are moving up, and you're buying a mortgage that allows them to in and gives you the probability of a higher interest rate later. Let's just start with that stupid. Okay? The second thing is this. Let's say interest rates stay the same or go down slightly. Here's what you're going to discover. Your mortgage interest on your adjustable rate mortgage is going to go up even if rates go down a little or stay the same. Here's why. Your mortgage is adjusted based on an index and a spread over the index. Let's just do a simplified version, okay? Let's say you took out a 4% adjustable rate mortgage, and it's supposed to be 2% over the index. That would mean the index would be 2. 2 plus 2 is 4, okay? And, and if the, but the index, however, when you start your brand-new mortgage, they move you in on a bait-and-switch because the index is already higher than, would, would, would give you the spread, would already give you a higher interest rate today than you're getting today. So instead of the more, okay, let's say we're getting a 4% adjustable rate, the index is 2, your spread is 2, so that 2 plus 2 equals 4, okay? But it's not 2. The index today in that case would be more like 2.6. Mm. So the interest rates would have to go down 0.6 for your rate to remain the same the next time it adjusts. Y'all follow how I'm doing this, okay? Because the index plus your spread equals your interest rate. And the index is already cheated up when you go in, so rates would have to go down in order for you to do this. And So it's a big gamble. So It's not a big gamble. Well, the You're lenders- 100% dead on going to have an increase. There's no gamble about it. You're, you you know, and you bought the house on short-term thinking. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, God, it's money. I can pay this payment like this payment's even going to be around. On the first adjust, you're going to see an increase. It's not a gamble. Almost 100% of the time. Because, again, rates would have to go down to get your spread, to keep your spread on the index. Far enough down. Okay, yeah. it just doesn't work. So this all came from mortgage companies protecting themselves in 1982 i was selling real estate the first adjustable rates came out then okay because interest rates had gone to 17 percent remember that and more and money market rates back then we had these things called savings and loans money market rates on your savings were 12 percent wow 
you could get 12% on your savings account. Well, let me help you with this. The local savings and loan makes a loan in the 70s on a mortgage, 4%. They are receiving 4% on $100,000. Interest rates shoot up. That's a 4% fixed rate loan. Now, in order to get $100,000 into the savings and loan or into the bank, they got to pay out 12, mm. but they're only receiving four. That's a problem. That's called in the banking world. They call that disintermediation. Your, your butts upside down mathematically. And so that's one of the things called the savings and loan industry to crash. That's why I brought up savings and loans. It's one of the things that crashed them was disintermediation. It wasn't fraud. It was that because they had millions of dollars of mortgages on the books at a fixed rate. And all of a sudden they're having to pay more than they're receiving to get new savings deposits. So they said to themselves, self, I don't like this. Next time these rates go up, we're going to have a portion of our portfolio that adjusts up as interest rates go up. And so the adjustable rate mortgage was born so that to protect the banks against an increasing interest rate environment so they don't get stuck with a bunch of low-interest mortgages on the books. Ta-da! The first, the first adjustable rate mortgage I sold was the fixed rates were 14%, 1982, 1983. The fixed rates were 14%. Our adjustables were 12. And I said, man, nobody will ever buy these things. And that was 1982, and they're still buying them. Still around today. So just just transferring the risk from the lender onto you. It's 100% what it does. It transfers the the risk of higher interest rates from the lender. It ensures that the lender is always going to freaking make money. What it amounts to. This is a bank play. It ain't got anything to do with being a blessing to you and allowing, according to Experian, help prospective buyers get their foot in the door. Bull crap. Hadn't got anything to do with prospective buyers. It's got to do with banks. And one thing you can count on on banks is banks protecting banks. It's what they do. And they've been good at it for a long time. That's why their furniture is nicer than yours. That's why their building is bigger than yours. It's not an accident. Santa Claus didn't build those freaking towers in the skyline. It was you. You built them with this kind of crap where you give these banks your money. You mm-hmm. fall for the trap of this stuff. So adjustable rate mortgages is it's one of the biggest ripoffs ever to come along, especially because of the motivation of it. Yeah. To come it's along desperation. and everything. So don't, if, you, if you have to do an adjustable rate mortgage, it means you can't afford the house. That's what it means. Don't buy that house. Listen, if you don't want your feelings hurt, go watch the YouTube version that I did called the sneaky mortgage trap people keep falling for. I'm nicer than Dave in the video. I will say that much. George, that's 100% true always. And James Child, producer, he plays the guitar in the video. So that's one more reason to go check it out. Well, there's just a lot of entertainment value. That's all I can bring. Nice people with guitars. Okay. Leave the grouch alone. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. 
in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Alec is with us. Hey, Alec, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Better than we deserve. Where do you live? Uh, well, I live in Los Angeles right now, but I will be moving over here to Franklin next week. Oh, wow. Woo! Getting ready yeah. to be neighbors then. Yes, right. sir. Right next to you. Very cool. Love it. So uh, how much debt have you paid off, Alec? I'd uh, be $73,636. Love it. And how long did that take? About two and a half years. All right. Very good. And your range of income during that time? So I started out at 89 and closed out at about 130 Cool. Good for you. Love it. So what kind of debt was the 74000 Well, it was a combination of a few things. Um, I had student loans, which was probably about fifty-three, And then I had a car loan, which was about 19 And then the rest was phones. So oh, okay. had a couple phones, but. All right. Cool. Good deal. I love it. So um, good stuff. Now, what got you started on this two and a half years ago? Um, well, it actually started a little bit earlier than that. My mom had got me, uh, the total money makeover book for Christmas and, uh, she goes, Hey, you know, I think you should get on this and, you know, start working on it. So I said, uh, you know, all right, I'll get around to it. And then, um, COVID kind of hit and, uh, I started, yeah, yeah. And, uh, COVID hit and, um, I started doing Postmates. Um, and then I kept doing that, kept doing that. And I'd racked up probably like about $6,000. And uh, I was looking at my car one day and I knew that I had the car note and I basically told myself that either, you know, I could put this in some investments or I could just really start on this. And I took that 6000 that day, put it towards my car loan oh. and just kept on going. So I got it started. Yes, it did. Saw the number uh-huh. go down. You're like, this works. Yeah, I can do I'm this. Like, I, can, I can own this. Wow. And this I was in it. LA. Yes. During COVID. LA. During COVID. What a brave soul you were. I know. Out on the I Am Legend streets delivering food to people. Oh, my gosh. I did some things I'm not proud of driving through those streets, but uh, (laughs) it was done. Wow. I do miss the lack of traffic. Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss the reason for it, but I miss the lack of traffic. What caused your income to jump? What do you do for work? Well, I work in construction, and um, I started out with a contractor out in L.A., and then uh, I you know, wanted to switch it up, wanted to go on a different path for my career, took a job with another uh, contractor. And um, obviously, you know, that jumped my income. Uh, But the big thing I did want to say was, you know, I decided to leave that company and um, come out here because, you know, I was just getting tired of LA. And uh, for all the people that are listening, you know, if you think, you know, I come out here to Tennessee, you know, I'm going to take a pay jump because of taxes. Number one, that's true. But um, my salary actually didn't change. So wow. I'm still making the same I made in L.A. out here. With, Plus, no, with no taxes. With no taxes. So I got a pay jump. So there that's you go. incredible. Just yeah. like that. Yep. Just like that. Well done. So it can be done. Yeah, good for you. All right. So what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Uh, well, I jotted a couple things down, but, um, you know, I wanted to keep it short and simple. But, you know, I was young when I got started. You know, I'm 27 now, so I got started probably, you know, around when I was 25, uh, 24. But, uh, you know, start when you're young. If you get on this plan that Dave has got out there, you know, we got the baby steps and everything. It's laid out right there for you. But uh, I'll say, you know, if you start when you're young, you can get ahead of yourself and you can continue on that path to hopefully build more wealth as time goes on. Um, But the big thing is, is, you know, you've got to want it. When you're going out with your friends, you're out at the bar, you know, and everybody's like, hey, you going to lay your card down so we can get some shots? Nope, I'm not. 
Um, but you know, like that came up a couple times for me. So uh, <laughs> that was not a Oddly metaphor. Oddly specific. It was yeah, a real that, story. that's a tough one because people feel like, well, I'm going to miss out on my social life in my prime years in my 20s. And you went, hey, I could sacrifice for two years and then apparently have a way the bunch he's running with is not going to remember it anyway. Yeah, they have no recollection of this experience. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I again, that's I won't go into it, but you know, you can you can definitely still have fun. I will say that my yeah. my, uh, oh, my roommate sure. told me, you know, you got to live your life. Um, you know. You just have to live within your means. Um, I definitely live below your means, like you yeah. mentioned, Dave. But yeah. now you're really living with no payments. I know it. I how, mean, how does it feel to the, be free? Oh my gosh, it's just so uh, freeing, you know, mm-hmm. but um, relieving at the same time. You know, now I can go in. I got you know my lovely fiance over here. All right. Yeah. Good and, news uh, on the horizon. There's yeah. one reason to get your act together. I know. Right yeah. Her parents were looking at me like, man, you know, you better get this stuff going. You know, we. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, so they're proud. Your mom's proud. Oh, everybody's man. proud. You got to feel good. I feel great. You yeah. know, I feel really privileged to be here with you guys. Well, but, we're honored to have you. You're yeah. a hero, man. You took control of your life, and you did it at 24 years old. That's pretty impressive. That's yeah. Very cool. Good for you. Good for you, because you got the rest of your life now to live with common sense as your as your uh, si- as your side mate there. Well done, and oh, yeah. a great fiance to go. That's awesome, very cool. When are you getting married? Have you decided? Uh, well, like that last caller, you know, it's still that. Well, obviously, we're you know engaged, but I think probably about two years mm-hmm. is what okay. we're thinking. There's a lot of uh, weddings next year, so she just agreed with that. Okay, well, she her. told me that. So. Oh, okay. Well, you're already got good that man. part figured yep, out. Okay, yeah. good, good. That's a good start right there. That's good fine. stuff. So well done, sir. Very, very well done. What did you do? Did you work in any extra? I mean, did you do anything other than just the construction? Or well, as I said, yeah, just the the postmates is what I did. That got me started in the oh, beginning. Oh, okay. You but, kept doing that. Yeah, but um, it was really just you know saving money where I could uh, with with my income working in construction. So okay. There's two ways to get that margin, spend less and make more. You did a little bit of both, and you went, oh my gosh, I got some money left over to throw at the debt now. Oh yeah. Oh, There's yeah. no life hacks there. No, none, just none at work. all, George. Yeah. yeah. Well done, sir. Proud of you. Good, good work. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, we've got the uh, Live and Give box for you. It includes the Baby Steps Millionaires book. It includes the Total Money Makeover book and a Financial Peace University membership. Any of those that you haven't read or done, do them and give the rest of it away. It's a Live and Give bundle so uh thanks for coming all the way out here and welcome to the community as a as a new uh, as a new neighbor very Tennessee. cool stuff all right it's alec temporarily from los angeles seventy four thousand dollars paid off in two and a half years making 89 to 130 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream all right here we go three two one i'm debt free yeah that's how that's done. Boom. Wow. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. You know, it is always interesting to me, George, that um, I, I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know if we've ever actually done the number, but I'll anecdotally say it's in the 90% plus range of the debt-free screams during the time they're getting out of debt have an increase in income. Sometimes it's a temporary increase because they pick up extra jobs. Sometimes it's just they're looking around and going, if I lived over there, I wouldn't have any taxes. You know, if I lived over there, I'd have that, you know, and so they, they get an increase in income because they're paying attention uh, too many times to if one part of our life is on uh, coast mode, you know, we're just sliding along then another part of our life. So in other words, if we're letting our we're half but paying attention to our money. 
we may be half but paying attention to our career. And when you start looking at, I need to get out of this debt. Well, how do I do that? Well, I ought to have some more money. Then you start looking at your career going, I don't make enough. This is crazy. I got to change something. Yeah, well, and, but I've They change this. jobs. They change careers. They add extra jobs. And we see income go up when people start paying attention. Well, and a lot of people in their 20s, they just feel like they're kind of a victim to the career culture and they're a passenger in this car that they have no effect on their income. But once they believe they can pay off debt, they also believe I can go make more money. Mm-hmm. And that's the most inspiring thing is, you know, people like Alec realize, oh, hope is a choice just as much as cynicism is, is a choice. Mm. I can wait on the government. I can complain. Inflation, the housing market and wages have they haven't gone up as fast as inflation and it's everyone else's fault. And Alec just went, yep, and I'm going to do something about it. Mm. And that is the key indicator I found between the YouTube commenters and the Alex of the world. And so that's a great reminder for everyone out there. Cynicism is a choice. Hope is a choice. You get to choose. Oh, you mean the negative commenter? Yes. Okay. Some of them are kind. But yeah. those are the generic YouTube comments going, this guy's out of touch. Nobody can do this. Alec did it. He's just like you. Yeah. And we're so weird. We talk to people every day that do it. And if we don't, we talk somebody into doing it. That's right. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Matt is with us in Detroit. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Better than we deserve. What's up? Excellent. So I I called the show, I think, maybe a week or two ago, and I spoke with George and Dave, or uh, George and Jade, and I gave my situation, and the recommendation was to pay off my house and pay off my my car with the remaining balance that we had in our savings. And my wife and I decided to do that. And honestly, there's a gigantic weight lifted off our shoulders. We're completely debt free. Wow. And, Way um, to go. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that call, uh, George. I have, I had it's coming back to we me. Were, we were thinking about upgrading our house, and but we didn't really need to right now. We're kind of in that sweet spot. It's, it feels like it's getting a little bit smaller on us, but I think we still have some time. So we decided to just pay off our house, pay off our car. We're completely debt free right now. Incredible. I know it's it's amazing. It feels so great, honestly. Uh, everyone that I've listened to, especially from you guys, you always say it's just you'll be able to sleep. And I have never slept better. Well, as best as I can with uh, two boys at home. <laughs> but <laughs> my next question is, or my question is now, where do I go from here? So we're thinking about looking into financial planners. And I guess my question is, what are some good questions to ask them? And how do I find one that's going to work for me and not you know, just work for a paycheck, basically, and, you know, someone that has my best interest in mind. Good for you. Well, um, the, the one you can count on always having your best interest in mind is you. So uh, never acquiesce your decision-making to someone else. So your financial planners, uh, a percentage of them, I don't know, maybe 80% are salespeople. That is not what you want. The other percentage are teachers. They have the heart of a teacher. The teacher gives you the information and assumes you're a grown-up and you get to make your own decisions with your own money. They're going to teach you something. You're going to learn. You're going to feel equipped to make your own decision. Not, I did this because my guy said to do it, and I have no freaking idea what I just did, which is how athletes lose all their money, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you need a, someone. The main thing you want is someone with the heart of a teacher. The second thing you want is someone whose values align 
with what you believe to be true about the world. For instance, you have just discovered that debt-free is awesome. If you walked in and sat down with a financial planner and they say, oh, no, you should go take out a $400,000 mortgage and use that money to invest with me. If that doesn't make you run out of there with your hair on fire, something's wrong with you. Absolutely. And that we have something scheduled. So that's kind of what I had in mind. We, my wife and I have specific goals and plans, especially with saving for the kids. So that's exactly what I was. was They need to execute your plan, not give you theirs. Absolutely. That's, that's really, really good. And if you want people that do this stuff, the way we teach, we call them smart vester pros. There are thousands of them around the nation that we have vetted and they have the heart of a teacher and they believe and have the same values that we teach here on the air. You can find one of those, a SmartVestor Pro, by clicking SmartVestor at uh, RamseySolutions.com. It'll drop down a drop-down box and you can pick from one or all of the ones on the drop-down box and go and interview them and find one that fits you and your personality best. Yeah, and the other thing to think about here, it's it's not just about a lot of people go, well, if it's just choosing funds, then I can go figure that out on my own and do DIY. But when you think about the value of a financial advisor, and Vanguard's even done studies on this to show that the average investor doing it on their own, they don't make as much as those working with a pro. The ones working with a pro are making 3% more over the lifetime. And so you want to think about tax planning, estate planning, kind of that big high level financial plan, not just the 529 plan. Yeah. Hey, congratulations, Matt. We're awesome. so happy for you. Good That's job, a great George. place to be. I don't, you never know if people actually take the advice we give, and so it's just good That's to know. That's true. Sometimes, well, sometimes we know they're not going to. Yeah, but Matt, Otherwise I could tell. Act, he was yeah. like, okay, I'm listening. And yeah. so I appreciate and, that, Matt, and, and I'm proud went, of you. He went and did it. And, you know, back to that Vanguard study, one of the other reasons we find that um, people make more with a financial advisor is simply because they don't jump in and out of the market based on emotion. They try to time the market. I'm going to get in because it's going up. I'm going to get out because it's going down. No, you just stay in. And part of a good advisor's job is talk you off the ledge and keep you invested. Don't stop investing and don't cash in and try to jump in, jump out, and I'm going to time the market. There's tons of research that shows that market timing doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't keep up with simply staying invested. Those on a roller coaster ride that don't jump off in the middle of the ride do not get hurt ride the sucker ride it down Whee! and then ride it up click 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 enjoy the whole thing it's part of the deal so that's what you want to do in, in this thing and you know getting a, an advisor in your corner is a big deal elijah's in connecticut hey elijah what's up hey guys thanks for taking my call sure what's up how can we help um so i got a little bit of good news a little bit of bad news so uh good news is uh my wife and i are expecting baby number three yay and uh yeah pretty exciting and bad news is uh we're outgrowing our house um so we're kind of thinking of what the next step is for us um so we're looking at a couple options one is obviously selling and buying a new house Mm -hmm. um the second one is probably renting this house and buying a new one no and the third one we're really taking a close look at is um, remodeling. Uh, this would allow us to basically convert our renovated attic into a full floor uh, mm-hmm. that would add two bedrooms and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get some input uh, in terms of that. I can give you some, um, you know, background in terms of our finances too. That yeah. Are you out of debt? Uh, yeah, everything besides our mortgage. Uh, so okay. I would move today. I would sell your house would and move. move. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, a lot, a lot a of reasons. A lot know. of reasons for that. Quality of life during a remodel is horrible, and you got a pregnant wife or a brand new baby. You're talking about doing this with? No, thank you. I don't want right. to do a remodel in that. Second thing is, is you're probably I didn't even ask you the numbers yet, but you're probably getting ready to overbuild the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a house that's too expensive for that neighborhood. You'll never get your money out, and so uh, you're trying to you're trying to force a square peg into a round hole. How big is how many square feet is the house you're in? Uh, it's about seventeen hundred. Yeah. Okay. And the average square footage of the house on your street is what? Uh, all about that size. Good question. Yeah, I mean a little bigger, I'd say. Now, yeah, two, I don't think it would be out of place if we added a second floor. Okay. You don't think you would overbuild the neighborhood? No, no, no. no. Actually, like, there's a lot of new construction in what's, the street. What, well, so new construction doesn't count. What's that call? Unless your house is, like, three years old. Right, right. So yeah. um, the cost of renovating would probably be close to 200000 Oh, Move. Uh, For God's sakes, move. <laughs> it's easier to yeah, build a we, house than do a $200,000 re- renovation. Yeah. What's your house the worth? The only thing kind of keeping us back. Net worth? What's the house worth? Oh, the house. Um, about 450000 We owe about 180 on it. So you're saying neighbor, houses in that neighborhood go from four fifty to six fifty? Bull crap. No, they don't. Yeah, I mean, further down the street, they're like, you know. You're stretching, like man. The beach. People don't drive on your street looking for $650,000 houses. <laughs> you're stretching. Yeah, you're building. Okay. You're overbuilding the neighborhood. I promise you. I've been doing this my whole life. Real estate's my thing, man. No, you're getting ready to screw this up. And I got to tell you, you have no idea the hell you're getting ready to embrace with a two hundred thousand dollar rehab. It's going to take more time and even more money than you thought, with it's more just, problems. It's an easier to push the whole dad blame thing down and start over. My God, it really is. It's just a. Whole, it's a whole lot easier to build a house than do a rehab that size. Oh man, no! I and and little babies already, and this is the third one coming in. No, thank you. Have a quality of life. Don't you know how much emotional bandwidth you're going to invest in this crap by the time you're done in the middle of having a baby? No, 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 no. You know you you shouldn't build a house this year either. By the way, same thing. Emotional bandwidth. Now just go buy you a nice house for six hundred fifty thousand dollars or less, where the payment is no more than a fourth of your take home pay on a fifteen year fixed. And make your move up, please. Yeah. Roll Just all the equity into the next sell one. Sell that one you're in. Don't try to stay in. Don't become a landlord by default with a bunch of debt. Just keep it real simple and real clean. Man, your life is just going to be so much better. Oh, you don't have to hassle. Oh, man. No, thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.